2014 is behind us and 2015 is here and already looking like a big year for soccer in America. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Galarsep. Happy New Year, Ivis. Happy New Year, man. It's 2015. Uh, we're uh, closing down on year two of the SBI Show. And, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's an exciting time, man. It's, uh, we had our mega show to close out 2014. Yes. I feel like we set the bar so high with yep. that show. Uh, we were bound to have a letdown this show. But uh, you know what? We'll start off slow this year. And we'll we'll pick things up before long. Yeah, we we got it. You know, we're, we're we're you know we're the show's continuing. I thought Ivis that we hit three years because we started this show two years ago in January, but we actually have a, a few weeks before we hit the three year anniversary of the show. So maybe that's well, what we need to do another mega show. Well, it's two full years, so it's not yeah the two third full anniversary. years. I'm sorry, going it's, into year three. It's, it's like uh, it's our it will be our second birthday. <laughs> so it'll we'll be heading into our third year, but uh, around actually on the day of the MLS draft. We'll hit. We'll hit the uh, the second birthday of the SBI show. Oh my and, gosh! Uh, That's when we actually have the show at the draft live. Uh, well, I'll be there. I don't know about you. Yeah, if you can know. find a way to get the Philly, you could be there. But I don't know if I'm going to be there. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, but no, we will have a show. I I I will be in Philly for the draft, and I'll be staying in Philly uh, through the night that day. So I, I will be able to have it, to do a show. So. Uh, you know, we should definitely do that. So, uh, but no, we have plenty to talk about. And uh, yeah, no, the last I got to say, the last episode was great. Uh, obviously, we had a. It'll, if you didn't listen to it, go listen to it. We had Alexi Lalasan, we had Amobi Akugo, Omar Salgado. Great show. Uh, a big thanks to all of them uh, for yes. coming on on that show. And uh, we, you know, we closed the year out in style. And I think we offered a glimpse of what we will hopefully see more of in 2015. Not this episode, but uh, very soon, hopefully. Yeah, Ivis and I are trying to work out ways where we can, you know, find ways throughout the day so we can get guests. And also that we're not recording at like 3 in the morning. So um, some, some, some improvements upon the show. I think, I think that was part of the resolutions that we made. Yeah, I think we, I think we had some. I think what we're gonna have to start doing is recording the show on our cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> that way we can just do the show wherever we are, and do do segments uh, any time of the day. I don't know, man. Out here in the desert, you, you know, you know, cell phone reception spotty. Oh man, excuses, excuses. <laughs> All right, well, Ivis, even though New Year's has passed and the holidays are done and over with, which it seems that. The holidays were just a week ago. Uh, it's crazy to think that. I mean, time flies way too fast. There has been a plethora of major league soccer news. Perhaps the biggest thing over the last couple of days, even the last couple of weeks, has been this Frank Lampard situation and his stay at Manchester City now being extended and him not coming over to New York City FC. Ivis, this, this looks really bad for the league. It looks really bad for New York City FC. It also looks bad for Frank Lampard because he said all the right things when he came over. Uh, I mean, th- this this has just turned very quickly what looked very promising into a just complete mess overnight. Well, we said it. I said it the last uh, the last episode when there was this kind of, you know, even back then, even when we did the before we did the last show, there was this kind of that that thought that it was a possibility that he'd end up staying there. And I said it then, and and I repeat it now that you know it, it's a disaster for MLS. It's a disaster for NYCFC. And while yes, you can understand why Frank Lampard would want to stay there, mm-hmm. um, playing at a high level, playing you know for so much. They they're in the Champions League still. They're they're competing for the title. He's someone that's played at that highest level for so long that. Uh, you can understand why the competitor in him wants to stay there and keep showing that he can play at that level and he's enjoying it. And you totally understand that. But he is someone who made commitments. He's someone who 
let everybody know that he was planning to come here, give his all, and he said all the right things, like you said. But you know, he he, he to turn his back on that. I mean, I think it's not a good look for him, mm. and it's definitely not a good look for NYCFC for all the promises that they made. And uh, I know I know people are definitely killing MLS. MLS deserves their share of the blame because again, they're the ones who brought in the owners, the NYCFC owners, and there were plenty of question marks about that when it happened. And now NYCFC, you know, they're one of the first kind of big missteps by them. And now we're going to see how they respond because, you know what, at the end of the day, we can all uh, sit and, you know, ha- wring our hands and, and, and criticize and bash them. Uh, but that, you know what? What they, they're going to have to do now is step up and show that they really are committed. And until they do that, uh, nothing they say is going to really matter. Yep. And nothing Don, Don Garber is going to say matters. I know he he spoke the – to Fox Sports over the weekend, and uh, he talked to Grant Wall, and you know he obviously backed the owners of NYCFC. No one should really be surprised by that. He's the commissioner of the league; those are pretty much his bosses, and 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 he's going to back them 100. percent But everything he said rang empty, rang hollow, mm. and 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 it's not because he didn't say the right things; it's because there's nothing to say. They, uh, the team, NYCFC, and their owners have to now. Uh, make up for the mistake they've made and it's not just about having making sure frank lampard shows up in june they have to go above and beyond that now to clean up this mess they have to make sure that the players that they loan to uh, nycfc are of a better quality and they're gonna have to really start showing some commitment uh showing some examples of how committed they are it can't always be about the fact that they gave mls a hundred million dollar check that does not all of a sudden uh, serve as carte blanche for you to just make all the mistakes you want. That got you into the dance. Now you got to show you belong and that you're serious about being owners in this league. And until we see some real evidence of that, they're going to continue to get criticism and it's fully deserved. Yeah, and it's and it's not like also the thing with Frank Lampard staying. You know, he he made the season may end, and you know he may take him another month to get to New York. And, and I agree with you that the next steps that New York's going to have to make had to be positive ones in the right direction. I don't want this to become Manchester City saying, "Oh, well, this guy's not playing much for 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 us. Let's just loan him out to New York City FC," and it becomes this kind of laughing stock of Manchester City kind of not not getting rid of their discard players but just getting rid of guys just to kind of ease fans that that will be in New York that will be upset with this and and I hope that isn't the case and I mean it almost comes full circle Ivis when when this was announced originally I mean you kind of always wondered you know what is this going to be I mean there's always that rumor you know is this going to be the next Chivas USA I don't I don't fully believe that but at the same time it's like what you said I don't know if Manchester City sees this as a legit team rather than, you know, a, a minor league team for themselves. It, it almost seems also like Major League Soccer is trying to rush everything. It just, it, as of right now, it, you know, I read your article on Gold.com, and I got to agree with you. It just kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth with kind of everything that's transpired with this. I don't know if I'd go as far as to to, to necessarily <clears throat> say that, you know, the NYCFC owners are, uh, are seeing their investment as a minor league team. I won't go that far. I just think they've made a real flagrant mistake in this case. And now they need to show that it was a mistake, but that they are committed. And if they continue to make these, if they continue to make these kind of mistakes, if the players that they send over to NYCFC are, are, are you know, young prospects who really aren't going to make an impact on the field, uh, th- then you're going to really start having, then the questions are going to, it's going to snowball. This whole thing is going to snowball. And until they sign a third designated player, uh, and someone who's it better be someone who really moves the needle. Yeah. And if they don't bring over some players uh, from the from Manchester City, 
Because, look, Manchester City has a loaded roster. They have too many players. They have players who aren't seeing the field. Uh, so the Scott Sinclair, the forward, he is someone who – now, obviously, he has to want to come here. But as an example of someone who's not getting playing time in Man City, you could bring him over. He could really do some damage in MLS. That Those are the kind of moves MLS uh, – NYCFC needs to do. And, and Manchester City, you know, the owners – they need to make happen because until we see that, until we, it's not gonna, it's not enough now. You know, they obviously announced a player today that they signed. None of these like kind of rinky, quote unquote, rinky dink signings. None of that's gonna matter. None of it's gonna matter until they make big moves, big positive moves to help offset the big negative move. Well, on the other end of the spectrum, as one English footballer decides to stay in England, one has already set his sights on Major League Soccer, and that is Liverpool captain Steven Gerrard, who's already kind of laid out his plans as to what he'll be doing at the end of his contract at Liverpool this season. He's going to come, he's going to come over to Major League Soccer, which I think is outstanding. Ivis, he still plays at a high level. I think he's going to be great for the league. He'll take that. He'll carry the torch that, that has been gone since Henri and Landon Donovan are no longer with the league, and him moving over to the Galaxy looks looks great for the Galaxy. If you're a fan, you're excited, and and I think everyone, Ivis, should be happy with the fact that Steven Gerrard may be playing in Major League Soccer sometime this season. Well, if you want to get technical, he didn't actually say it in Major League Soccer. He said Sorry, America. He said America. You're right. My apologies. So, oh, I'm just just to point that out. He said America. Um, so, he, so he could, so he could play in NASL or USL Pro. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> there's other leagues. You know, that's you know, full respect to the other leagues that are in America. Um, but all kidding aside, LA Galaxy is not official. It's being reported widely, but it's not official. If the Galaxy do get Steven Gerrard, if he does come here in the summer. Uh, I think it's great for the league, and I wrote a piece for Gold.com about how this whole Lampard situation really kind of put a dark cloud on things and 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 soured what should have been a big news development and a positive news development for MLS because everyone just really saw the Gerard signing in a different light or the, the Gerard rumor in a different light because of Lampard. It's unfortunate because we're talking about a legendary player. Steven Gerard. you don't have to be a Liverpool fan to respect this guy as one of the better players in European soccer over the past you know, more than a decade. I mean, the guy's top-class player uh, and, and, you know, one of those rare one-club players. He's meant so much to Liverpool, Liverpool legend. So, I mean, it, it, in in. On its own, it's such a big signing, a potential big signing for MLS. But there's that whole Lampard thing, and everyone's just seeing things Mm -hmm. through that filter. And all of a sudden now it's, oh, man, there's another old English guy. What does he have left? Is he going to go on loan to Man City? So there's all the jokes. You know, you're going to get all that. But all (laughs) the jokes aside, all the Lampard crap aside, I think this is a big move. I think this is a good move. Uh, because as much as maybe Lampard isn't at the level that he once was, and maybe he can't play at the absolute highest level anymore, the guy can still play, and he's still a star, and he's still someone who can move the needle, and he's still someone who can make a team in MLS much better, can make his teammates better. Uh, he So he, cl- he, ch- he checks all the boxes, and before anyone goes and says, oh, how do we know? Uh, you know, he, he's, he's already in decline in England. 
Is that is he going to be able to handle it here? Like, let, let's be real, folks. MLS is not at the level of the English Premier League. It's not at the level of the top leagues in Europe. So you can't go and say, oh, because Gerard's on the decline, that he can't come here and be an impact player. And if you don't agree, if you don't believe it, I would just point you to Jermaine Jones. Yep. Jermaine Jones did not have options in Europe. Jermaine Jones was pretty much out of options. He he was already wanting to come to America, but it's not as if there were clubs at top, you know, top leagues in Europe uh, teams that were lining up for Jermaine Jones. He was declining his career already. And he came over here and made an instant impact, immediate impact, and looked like one of the top players in the league right off the bat. Steven Gerrard absolutely can do that. And we saw today on Monday. He played in FA Cup, and yes, I get it. AFC Wimbledon, League Two team, you know, lower tier team. Uh, so you, you know, from that standpoint, you can say, oh, but that's you know, that's not really high high level. But the fact is, the guy still has plenty to offer, and it would be a big big signing for the league if he comes here. Dude, it'd be outstanding. I, I got excited when I thought about Steven Gerrard coming over. I mean, just a player of him and, and kind of just the loyalty that he means to Liverpool and everything that he stands for. It kind of coming over to Major League Soccer and and as for him. You know, for other players on 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 this team, whatever team he'll be on, to play around him and for opponents to play against him, I, I think it's outstanding. And I think he'll come in, Ivis, and probably be you know easily one of the top five midfielders midfielders in the league. With, you know, with no questions asked. Right. I mean, he should step in, and and you know, I think if we look at the track record of superstars, we're talking about superstar players who have come to MLS, like uh, you know, Thierry Henry, David Beckham. Uh, you can call Robbie Keane a star player. Like they, they, for the most part, they they come and they play and they play well. And and obviously, I, I will always remember Lothar Mateus coming in and and kind of making a joke of things uh, back in two thousand. But if we're talking about modern times, um, you know, generally speaking, these players they you know they're star players for a reason. They're players that reach the highest level for a reason because they take the game seriously. Mm-hmm. They respect the game. They respect their own legacies. And I think I don't think Gerard's going to come here for a vacation. I think he's going to come here and he's going to take it seriously. So, you know, that that's an exciting thing for the league. Uh, and he, he's also going to a great team. Let's face it. If he goes to the Galaxy, he's going to the defending champions, going to a – you know, he's going to play for a team that already has Robbie Keane, has Jesse's artist, Omar Gonzalez. Uh, they have quality – and then you have Bruce Arena who yeah. will find a way to make it all fit, make it all work work together. So uh, for me, I think if it happens, it's great for the league and it's great. And I think, you know, what can you say? Like, I know some people will, will complain about the money and say, oh, why is MLS paying these older players? Why aren't they paying the, you know, the average Joe? Why aren't they pay, paying rookies? Like, listen, you got to pay for superstars. You, If you want superstar players in this league, you have to pay the money. And anyone who wants to honestly sit here and say MLS doesn't need superstars, that's ridiculous. You got to have a little bit of everything. You have to have those marquee international players who can who you can promote and market globally to kind of raise the profile of the league. And, yes, you do need those mid-range players as well. You need your younger prospects. You'd like to see more young internationals coming over and developing. Yes, you need it all. But to say the league shouldn't go and sign a superstar player because of the money, oh, you know, rookies are still making 50000 so thereby no one should make millions and they shouldn't go bother to get million-dollar players. That's absurd. That's ridiculous. MLS is better off with players like Beckham, Henri, Steven Gerrard, Robbie Keane. It, the league is just absolutely better off. It needs those in the mix, mm-hmm. in on the menu. You need it all uh, to, to really keep the league heading in the good direction. So for me, the money, uh, you know, 
you got to pay for quality. You got to pay for superstar types like Kaká, like Gerard, yeah. like David Villa. Like you need, you can't, what do you expect? Like, it's, but it's not it, like these guys are just going to come in and take a paycheck and mail it in. I mean, these guys are going to come in and still well, be the best in the right. league. They're going to come that, in and yeah, play. They're, they're, they're going to quality. Right, and that's what it comes down to. You 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 pay. You have to pay for quality, and 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 they their name is on the line. Like Steven Gerrard, as I said in my piece, it's like the guy has he he doesn't exactly have a reputation of being a slacker. Now you can look at someone like as an example, Ronaldinho, someone who I have written that you know it'd be great if he came to the league, but he's also a risky. Uh, target because if you go and sign Ronaldinho, you don't know if he's going to necessarily take it seriously. You don't know if he's going to, you know, party it up every night and show up on Instagram with thirty women and you know, like we saw his like on New Year. He's he's apparently hasn't shown up for training camp in Mexico and then he's posting New Year's photos with him and like a horde of females. Like maybe maybe Major League what... Soccer does need that though. Well, look, but the point I'm making is that a guy like that is a risky proposition because you you know you could run the risk of spending a lot of money on a guy who isn't committed. However, the guy when we're talking about guys like Terry Henry, David Beckham, Robbie Keane, um, and now Steven Gerrard, these are guys who have impeccable reputations, and they, you know, for that for that reason, you know, there should I don't I personally think it's a little misguided to bash the Gerrard move. As if he's not a quality player, and as if he's not going to come here and take it seriously. I just hypothetically, when I was looking at LA Galaxy, let's say he does go to the LA Galaxy, looking at the roster next year, I mean, it just looks unfair, Ivis. Just unfair for the rest of the league. Well, I mean, look, to be, they lost Donovan, right? They lost Donovan. You plug Gerard in, so it's not that much different. I mean, look, you can we'll get who you can get definitely get into the hold of who's better, Gerard or Donovan, and all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> but but it's one player. It's one. Who, who no, Gerard. Donovan's younger, right? And Donovan knows the league. He's played in the league, and he, and he. I think if anything, you could argue he fit better with the players that are on this roster. There are already going to be questions about how how you fit Gerard in that midfield when you already have Juninho, you have Marcelo Sarvis, you're going to probably have to play Sarvis on the wing, and then you put him on the wing, where do you put Ishizaki? Are you going to put Ishizaki and Sarvis on the you – know, who are you going to play on the left wing? So, you know, that's all for uh, Bruce Arena to figure out. But from, from but back to my main point, it's not as if L.A. is going to be significantly better than, than 2014. And, yes, they won the title this year. But, you know, I think next year you, when you look at a Seattle, Seattle's going to – Going to be right back in that conversation. So, uh, sporting Kansas City is is revamping. So, I, I don't know if we're going to necessarily crown the Galaxy already just because they go get a Steven Gerrard. And in the world of uh, take these comments for for what they are, Christi- Cristiano Ronaldo's uh, agent put an end to rumors that he was that Ronaldo may go over to PSG. He then added on saying that he will finish his career at Real Madrid or he might go to the United States. Only God knows. I, I get, Ivis, why you can get a little excited about this, but I think Ronaldo's agent understands how big of a market he has here in America. And it's not like he's going to say, oh, he'll never go to the United States to play. That's an embarrassment. I mean, of course he's going to say something positive about he'll maybe go to the United States. I mean, no one asked him about the no one asked him about the United States, though. See, your, your, your take on it is a little he, – he pulled that out of the thin air. And from that standpoint – I think I know people when they heard that they're like, yeah, right, haha, MLS, he's coming to America. Like, and I just finished writing a piece for Gold USA for Gold.com as to why people really shouldn't laugh at this because he's not coming this year, he's not coming next year. But it, it might be easy to to totally ignore the fact or miss the fact that look, Ronaldo is turning thirty next month. He's not a kid anymore. He's got a couple years uh, at the top level before he starts to ask himself, what do I, how do I want to finish out my career? 
And uh, I'm, I don't want to spoil my piece, but just speaking hypothetically, a couple, you know, if you get to two years from now, he's 32 years old. You know who's 32 years old when they came to MLS? David Beckham. You know who was 32 years old when they came to MLS? Thierry Henry. So it's, it should not be that far-fetched. And guess what? In 2017, you got expansion coming in MLS. You got a team in L.A. with a big ownership group with deep pockets. Absolutely possible. Absolutely could happen. Um, is it definitely going to happen? No. But I, I think people should not be so quick to write it off because i tell you what. Years ago, people laughed at Thierry Henry coming to MLS. Years ago, people laughed at David Beckham coming to MLS. And uh, stranger things have happened. There are reasons why you could see Ronaldo coming here, and there's reasons why. And I think it's those reasons that are why Ronaldo's agent, when he was discussing Ronaldo's at the end of his career, it came to his mind because I'm sure he knows that there's that scenario where Ronaldo could want to close his career out here. There's plenty to offer here for him. I mean, when you think about a guy like him who, you know, is all about his image and his brand, uh, you know, if you can come, you know, what, what other market in the world can he go to and boost his brand more than coming to America, right? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, he is he is the perfect kind of player for that new L.A. team to go after. And I, it's funny because I, I always used to think Miami, when Miami gets an expansion team, Cristiano Ronaldo in Miami would be just absolutely too perfect. But L.A. would be even more perfect because when you look at that ownership group, when you look at that market, the money that they'll have – uh, Ronaldo, with how he is, you got to believe the guy would want to be a Hollywood star one day and be act in movies. <laughs> he speaks perfect English. He speaks Spanish. He's got the total package as a marketing icon. Like it, it can, it can happen. I'm not saying it will happen, but it absolutely can happen. And I'll tell you what, if two and a half years from now we're, we're, we're hopefully the show's still going. Hopefully by then we're on TV when the SBI show has moved over to TV. We, if we're sitting here t- talking about Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, and, and making his debut for LA, I will be sure to remember to remind everybody about this particular moment. Um, I, for I don't think LA would be able to handle that. Ronaldo playing soccer, appearing in movies, Ivis. Oh my gosh, it'd be like total meltdown out there. It's LA, man. LA can handle that. It's a huge. It's it's not a small fishbowl. There's a re- look. If they, if LA could handle Beckham, LA could handle Cristiano Ronaldo because as amazing a player as Cristiano Ronaldo is, he even now. Still doesn't ha- did does not reach the uh, the kind of you know superstar crossover global appeal that Beckham had when Beckham came here. So from that standpoint, no, it's not. L.A. is not too big. Uh, Ronaldo's not too big for L.A. L.A. is perfect for him, which is why I think he should go there. And I know some people are like, oh, what about New York? But no, L.A. is its own thing. L.A. You have the whole Hollywood thing. You have TV. Uh, let's not forget now he's married. He, he's his girlfriend is Irina Sheikh, the, the 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 supermodel. If they're still together in two years, <laughs> if they get married, I mean, hey, you don't think she'd want to have her, her her crack at the Hollywood thing? So I tell you what, there's more than enough reasons why it's a possibility. Will it happen? I'm not saying it will, but you know what? If 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 there was a bookie right now putting some odds out on it. I would want to see what they are because I would want to put a little penny on it. Well, we may have to wait a little longer than before Ronaldo turns 32 because his agent then also said that uh, that Ronaldo will continue to get better because he's always looking to learn, so he'll always tend to improve. He'll be even better in five years' time. So at 34, Ivis, he'll be better well, then listen, than he is now. All I need to do is remind people of the World Cup. And before the World Cup started, there was all this talk about his knee issues and his career could be in jeopardy. He's got tendonitis. 
uh, for all the wear and tear he's put on his body, it could be breaking down. So you know what? It's easy for his agent to say, oh, yeah, he'll be better in five years and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Let, let's, let's be real, man. Father Time catches up with everybody. You know, it's just you can't fight it. You can't fight the clock. And he will, I'm sure, five years from now will still be a great player. But he will not be the player he is now. He will not be the player he was a year ago. Uh, it's just not going to happen. But you know what? In two years' time, let's just say he wins another Champions League or two, like another La Liga, if he wins his La Liga title with Real Madrid, accomplishes those things, competes in the European Championships with Portugal, makes one last run at a title with with Portugal in 2016. Then you know what? What else is there? What's left for him then? Right? What's left for him to do if he gets a couple of Champions League titles? He already has Champions League titles with Man United and with Real Madrid. He's already done that. You know, if he gets another one that gives him three, then you know that 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 helps the legacy. Then then what? You know, then what else is there to prove for the guy? You know, so I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Honestly, I don't see Ronaldo as a guy who's going to play till he's forty. I don't see that at all. I think he's a guy who, you know, what thirty five, thirty six. Hang it up, go into acting, go into, you know, enjoy life. Like, you know, I don't, I don't see him as a guy who's going to hang on too long. I think he's, he's a guy who's going to be looking at that next step. And you know what? MLS could, MLS and America could offer that perfect next step for him. All right, enough of all this potential DP signings to Major League Soccer. I was, we actually did have a DP re signing in Major League Soccer. The Columbus crew are going to keep Federico Higuain around for a couple years. Uh, this he, he's been with Columbus Ivers for three years now. Twenty-seven goals in three years for Columbus. Uh, when he's on Ivers, he's maybe one of the dangerous forwards in the league. And for Columbus, this is a big move for them to be able to keep a player of his talent uh, for them for them for years to come. Well, I think it's a big a big announcement, and the reason is it's like the way the year ended for Columbus. Uh, as we all remember, Iguain missed the last playoff game. He missed the second leg, and there was some talk. You know, there seemed to be some rumblings that. Oh, is that a sign that he's on his way out the door? Did he not see eye to eye with Greg Berhalter? Are they going to have to find someone new? And then, of course, you know, the, right away, Columbus in the offseason, they, they they made quite a few pickups on the international market. So you kind of looked at it and you said, oh, maybe they are preparing for life without Higuain. Uh, obviously, they went after mixed discrude. That fell through during the year. Uh, but it's great. It's great to see because, look, Higuain is a class player. Uh, he's been excellent since he's been in the league, and he's taken the league really seriously. He, he's obviously had some injury issues. Uh, you know, he's he's getting up there in age, but he's still a class player. And and the, with the way Ber- Greg Berhalter is putting that team together, and the way he's trying to play, they're trying to play real quality soccer. It's great to see Iguain stay there. And I tell you what, man, Columbus, they're they are they were already a handful in 2014, but they are absolutely going to be pushing for. Uh, a place in MLS Cup come next year. I think it, we're going to see how some of these signings pan out. But Greg, Greg Berhalter's done a real excellent job taking that team to, to a new level. And uh, having locking up Higuain for, for a few more years is definitely another big step for them. And just like that, the Major League Soccer Super Draft is right around the corner, a week and a half to be exact. It just seems like it snuck up out of nowhere. I was lot, Lots of chatter, lots of talk going on, lot, lots of kind of back and forth between who's going to be the first pick, Generation Adidas. MLS seniors, you got the combine coming up. Can you give us the the latest on the MLS Super Draft and, and all the happenings that's going on? Well, uh, if you've been keeping up on the site and you've been keeping up on Gold.com, you, you will you'll be pretty up to date on signings on the Generation Adidas front. Uh, they they have signed the their top target, Kyle Aaron, the UConn forward. Has a, he agreed to a deal? He signed his Generation Adidas contract on Monday. He is in the draft. 
and he right away is the number one player on the board. Uh, for me, he will be the first pick in the draft. I think he's going to go number one to Orlando, or he's going to be number one to whoever decides to trade up. If to uh, to trade up with Orlando to get that top pick, uh, he is that that talented. He has a lot of upside. Canadian national teamer. He's only 19. He's going to play in the uh, CONCACAF qualifying tournament this month, so uh, people have a chance to see uh, him play. Now, the thing with with Kyle Aaron is he he had a bit, bit of a down year. UConn, his team had a has had a really down year. Uh, so from that standpoint, you could see how his stock dipped a bit uh, it, to some people. But the fact is, he also broke into the Canadian national team in 2014, and I think he did impress there. He, he turned some heads. He showed the qualities that he has. And, and look, he's not a guy who's going to step in in year one and score 10 goals for you. But he's he's a kid who has qualities that can be developed. And he can develop into a starting forward and a guy who can give you 15 goals. He has those he has those uh, starting points. So from that standpoint, great prospect to have. Um, there, were, there was a lot of talk about the Generation Adidas class and uh, how they were working with players. They, 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 they were struggling a bit to sign some of their top targets. When it all boiled down to it, two of their top targets chose to stay in school. One, Joshua Yarrow, the Georgetown defender. Um, and he was always someone who kind of seemed more likely to stay in school. I know some people will like to point to the uh, blame it on the money and blame it on MLS not offering enough. But it came down to it. It was going to take real significant offer to get Yarrow to stay in school. And MLS just isn't paying that kind of money anymore for Generation Adidas players. And Abu Dunladi, uh, the UCLA freshman forward, also chose to stay in school. He would have been probably a number two or number three prospect if he had stayed. Joshua Yarrow could have been a number one uh, overall pick if he had if he had decided to come out. So unfortunate for MLS that they can't get those two top guys, but they have gotten Kyle Aaron. They're currently in talks with Christian Roldan. The, uh, the Washington University of Washington midfielder. That, for me, if I'm betting, I'm betting that it happens. I think they will sign him. Uh, Alex Bono, the Syracuse goalkeeper, top goalkeeper of uh, in college, available. Uh, Zach Steffen was the top goalkeeping prospect. He's obviously gone to the Bundesliga with Freiburg. But Alex Bono, top talent. He is he has received an offer, and and if I'm betting, I'm betting that he signs as well. So the the the, the generation Adidas class is is going to be small, as I've been saying for a while, mm-hmm. but it, it actually might turn out to be pretty good, considering they lost out on two really good prospects in Yarrow and Dunlady. Well, this is with players going back to school and not signing generation Adidas contracts. Does this, this kind of hurt the draft? I mean, how deep is this year's draft going to be? I mean, does this kind of reduce the quality of players that are going to be available? Well, obviously, if you miss out on two top prospects, it makes the draft weaker. There's no question about that. Um, but the we're not talking about uh, players who are going to step in in year one and, and be dominant. I mean, I think we're talking about two kids who are, you know, they're both young. They're both, so- you know, Yarrow's a sophomore. Dunlady's a freshman. The, these are projects. I mean, these are players who had the tools to develop into something special, no question. And they could still be that. In a year from now, if MLS signs them, they could still come into the league and be special. But um, this – the the draft setup itself slowly but surely in the past few years you've seen the top end talent uh there's been a decline in the in the caliber of top end talent mm-hmm. and there's a lot of reasons for that it's it's not it's not it's not really about MLS going not signing guys or signing guys it, it has to do uh for me it has, has has as much to do with top young prospects heading in other directions before they even get to that point you're going to you're having a lot more uh, top young prospects moving to Europe, yep. going off to Europe. I mean, look at Rubio Rubin, Rubio Rubin. Uh, he's 18 years old. 
you know, if he had decided to go to college or, or you know, he would have actually been a Portland homegrown, I think, possibly Portland Timbers homegrown. But let's just say hypothetically, that level of prospect is now heading in other channels, in other directions. Junior Flores, he, who's at Borussia Dortmund. I mean, come on. So that caliber of talent is still coming out, still being produced, but they're heading off in other directions. I think one of your guys that you know uh, from Real Salt Lake, one of the is it Brooks Lennon? The the is it he's the is he the one that's uh in talks with Liverpool? Yes, um, Brooks Lennon. So right, so that I mean, the, the, as there's another, another example. example, yeah. So that that's that's where the, that top talent is now going, and so from that standpoint, the draft doesn't have that high end talent like it used to. However, what I think it does have now is more depth in that lower range of squad player type players, players who can fill out your roster, players who can start at maybe less glamorous positions. When you're talking about this year's draft, you have center backs, you have some quality center backs, you have some quality left backs. This is probably the strongest left back class that this draft, that the MLS draft has ever had as far back as I can remember. Um, There are for me, probably five or six uh, quality left back prospects who should go in the top 25, uh, 25 to 30 picks. So there is quality in this draft. Definitely defensively, there, there, there are players that I, I think you're going to see teams go after. Um, but if you're looking for those guys who are going to, in year one, come in and, and be that kind of wow player, like that, there's, less, there's a lot less of that. I mean, uh, just look at last year. Harrison Ship, he, he did come in and was a wow player. Right off the bat, but he was a homegrown player. Mm-hmm. He was someone who didn't go in through the draft. Now you did have a Tesho Akindele from FC Dallas, so he he's someone as an attacking player who did kind of step up and make an impact. So you can still have that. You can still have some of that. But I, I think when you're talking about those blue chip prospects who could develop into a into a top talent, mm-hmm. I, I think you're seeing less and less of that. Well, and, and we'll continue to see less and less of that as a lot of these major league soccer teams. Uh, create those 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 minor league teams for themselves. You be, you're going to see a lot of these players in the academy system sign contracts, just go straight into the USL Pro, then work their way up to the first team. We've seen we've already seen that with a couple kids that have signed. Uh, Major League Soccer also announced their senior signings. They signed eight players. Uh, the biggest name that everyone's probably going to recognize that's going to jump out is, is Nick Beasler, uh, younger brother at Matt Beasler. But I, Ivis, what'd you make of these eight players that already signed contracts with the league? No brainer, right? Well, the league did a good job of, of, of locking up most of the top seniors uh, in the draft pool. Uh, they they definitely focused on the seniors. And and, and something to, to point out is if you look at the past three or four years, definitely in the past two or three, uh, the players who have really made the most impact are players who were four-year college players. I mean, even just look, let's just look back last year uh, when you when you talk about uh, Steve Birnbaum. Uh, who who was a you know a senior came out of college as a senior, Tesho Akindele who was a senior, Harrison Ship four year college player. Uh, before that, you've had you know guys like Nick DeLeon, uh, you know who who uh, actually well, he might have been a three year player, but guys who have at, at least three years in college, four years preferably four years in college. Uh, those those are the ones who have been more often making the impacts than the GA class guys, the underclassmen. So. Um, I think MLS has looked at that trend, and they've they've said, you know what, we want to go lock these guys, these seniors up. Uh, definitely, if we can if we can get them to homegrown deals, sure, and if not, senior contracts. And this group is a pretty good group, you know. They, there's uh, Nick Beasler, you know, he, he you know who his brother is, Matt Beasler, but there, there's some quality talent in there. 
you know, Otis Earl, Andy Toma, uh, two really good left backs. You, you've got uh, Boyd Okuwano, who was a former U.S. under-20 player. Fatai Alashi, the Michigan State midfielder, who I really like and I think is someone who's going to go pretty high. Kyrie Shelton, one of the more exciting attacking players uh, who can play either on the wing or up top. Uh, he he's he's excellent. Uh, so that it's a good group. It's a good group of guys. One player who did not sign uh, that I think might have turned some heads was Leo Stoles, the UCLA, uh, the German-born UCLA midfielder. And it, this is an interesting one. I think I, I've written about it to this point, but in case you've missed it, my sources have told me that Stoles has has made has been making some uh, you know pretty uh, unique demands. I mean, he wants he wants to kind of dictate where he goes as far as what team he goes to, what teams he could go to. Um, you know, obviously from a salary standpoint, I think he, from what I understand, he was offered probably the largest contract of all the seniors, and he didn't accept it. Uh, so he obviously wants more. And it's you know it's his right he can he can ask for more and obviously he's German he can go to Europe if he wants now that, what I find interesting is look if this guy really has these options in Europe then why wouldn't he have gone already so uh, I think that's an interesting one I'm going to be curious to see where he slips in the draft because teams are going to look at this and say well if he doesn't like where he gets drafted will he just go to Europe are we going to waste the draft pick so you could definitely see Leo Stoll slide um, and it reminds me of Andy Iro. The big, uh, big UCSB center back uh, years ago. I don't even remember how many years back now it was, but you know he he put the word out there. Oh, I want to play for LA. I want to play for New York. I want to play for a big club uh, in a big market. And he put all these demands out. And and you know what? He went to the combine and didn't look that good. His stock dropped. He ends up getting drafted by Columbus. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I love Columbus. Siggy Schmidt. I want to play for him. It's great. I'm happy. So all of a sudden, you know, the tune changes. So we'll see. We'll see where Leo Stoltz winds up. I got to say, the guy's extremely talented. Uh, if you're talking about year one, who can help you? He's near the top of the list of guys who could probably help you the most in year one. But remember, teams look at more than just that. They look at upside. They look at things like age. And and he's one of the older players in the draft. So, it, it, you know, for, for MLS teams, you know, if they see a tw- – they, they'll take the 20-year-old, the 21-year-old over a 24 year old in a heartbeat because they see that that those kind of years to to continue to develop and 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 higher ceilings for some of the younger guys but someone's going to take Leo Stoltz and someone just might end up getting away with a steal because the kid the guy can absolutely ball that's some that's some uh some good insight Ivis well you'll be providing even more insight uh because this weekend you'll be at the MLS combine which kicks off on Friday what are some of the things that you're going to be uh, looking for and listening to uh, well, obviously, the MLS Combine is one of those events every year that it's just a great event because, look, obviously, the it's not a high, it's not a high level of soccer. It's it's all pretty thrown together. Uh, it's it's not from from the standpoint of of, of sh- showcasing the players. It's not the greatest, but you have all the teams there. You have all the coaches, all the GMs in one place. So it's a great place to catch up with everybody and get all the dirt on trade talks because there's always plenty of trade talk flying. Uh, and what I'll be looking for at this combine is, is obviously those positions of strength uh, and seeing who stands out in those positions. Because, as I said, there's a, a bunch of good left backs in this draft. The combine will, you know, will offer those left backs a chance to kind of separate themselves. And one thing I do want to say, uh, in the past, years ago, a lot more teams relied more heavily on the combine, and and that's definitely a flawed approach because. You know, you want to do you want to do some in-depth scouting with these players. You want to watch film. You want to watch as many games as you can. 
Um, you don't want to rely too heavily on the combine because it's a flawed setup. It's not an ideal situation. These kids are a lot of these kids are in their off seasons, uh, so and, and they don't know each other. They don't know the other players, so it's it's not an ideal situation. It does have its benefits. I, I think I think teams now more and more teams do a better job of of advanced scouting of draft prospects, so they don't not as many teams rely as heavily on the combine. I got to say, I don't know if any teams at this point rely heavily on the combine. I, I don't think that at all. But what I think teams do use the combine for is to meet players. Uh, they, they get the opportunity to talk to the players, to kind of feel them out, uh, really see what kind of person they are. And also, you know what? It, it does offer you an opportunity to see how a player handles pressure because, you know what? It's not playing in front of a 20,000-seat stadium. But if you're a college kid and you're playing in front of when you look to the sideline and you see and you and you see Bruce Arena, Siggy Schmidt, Jason Christ, Dom Kinnear, uh, you know you, Peter Vermees, uh, that's a little intimidating, you know, right? I mean, you go from being a college kid, you, you know, unless you're playing at like UCSB or one of the powerhouses, you're probably not playing in front of huge crowds. But it doesn't have to be huge because when you see, you know who all those guys are and you know that your future is on the line, so. Uh, there is definitely a benefit to that, to seeing how these players respond, how they prepared for it, how, how seriously they took their preparation for it. And we've seen it in the past. We've seen players show up and not be in shape, not be prepared. I still remember Will Bruin showing up, and he even said it. Like, he, you know, he probably wasn't in his best shape. Bajia Husidic, another player who didn't show up in his best shape. Omar Gonzalez, I still remember having a pretty nightmarish first day. Not not a great first day, but stepped it up the second day. And obviously we know now the guy's national team player, World Cup player, uh, multiple MLS Cup champion so um i don't think any teams rely too heavily on it but i think it does still have its value as an event to to check uh check out the top guys and also to look at some of these lesser known guys because look tesho akindele before the mls combine hardly anybody knew about him i mean I, I think maybe one or two teams were aware of him i think fc dallas was aware because um, um oscar pareja obviously knew of him from his time in colorado and obviously colorado knew of him um but the combine Turn things around for Akindele. All of a sudden, teams were lining up for him. Teams were interested in him. Um, teams saw how dynamic he was. So it does offer that opportunity for those uh, smaller school players, those lesser-known players who maybe don't get as many opportunities to play in front of MLS scouts. So the combine definitely does serve a good purpose still. And Ivis will be continuing to provide all this insight on the college draft over the next couple weeks on uh, on SBISoccer.com and on this show, which provides the best college soccer talk in the nation, might I say, Ivis. Um, and what is, <laughs> the, who, else, who else provides any? I, I don't, we're the best then. Hey, you know what? If you run unopposed, you still win. So, Well, hey, by the way, I should point out, the draft is only 10 days away. It's like already here. And I should remind people that's true. listening to the show, uh, we are, I've already put out uh, my second MLS draft big board. Uh, which is kind of ranking the prospects in order of of how they're seen by scouts. Uh, and also, I just finally put out my first MLS mock draft, and I definitely apologize for not putting one out sooner. But, you know, the, there's been such kind of uncertainty about the Generation Adidas class and, and who would sign senior deals. So I kept putting it off, putting it off. I finally dropped it on Monday. Uh, I'm, planning to ha- I'm planning to put one out probably Friday morning, uh, the morning of the Combine. And then I'll and I'll do one more before the draft, which will drop on the Wednesday, the day before the draft, which will be the final mock draft. Uh, so you definitely keep an eye out. Keep an eye out on eye out for those. And obviously, Franco Panizo and I will be down at the combine 
uh, down in Florida uh, covering all the action down there. And I will be in Philadelphia. I think Ryan Tomich will be with be will be with me in Philadelphia as we give you wall to wall coverage on the combine and the draft. Funny enough, man, I know people look at it and say mm-hmm. you have plenty of people who hate the draft, plenty of people who hate the idea of the draft. But you know what? A lot mm-hmm. of people actually, a lot of people care about the draft because you know what? You never know. You're going to find that diamond in the rough. You're going to find that player who makes a big impact. I, I, I don't those people who hate it. That's ridiculous. I'll watch it. It's always fun to watch it. See these kids have their dreams come it's true. Not, but it, it's, 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 cool it's not about the event and watching the event. It's about the idea that these college players are selected and 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 aren't That's just true, signed true. by by like that they don't have control. And it's like it's so like there has to be this country's too big. You can't just let the teams go off and grab whoever they want to grab. There has to kind of be this kind of organized mechanism for players who are not parts of academies or anything like that. And I'd say one thing, another little interesting kind of uh, side note on this is that uh, two of the players who signed senior deals are products of MLS academies, but they are not signing as homegrown players. One is Dan Metzger, the Maryland midfielder, very talented midfielder. Now, from what my sources told me, he fought his homegrown player tag with the Red Bulls because you know, he had, he, I think he had concerns about the Red Bulls' track record of, of developing young players, and that's a totally uh, fair concern because we we've seen through the years Red Bulls haven't been great about developing young talent. I know now they are trying to commit to changing that, but you know what? They're reaping what they sow. They missed out on a guy in Dan Metzger, who for me is going to be a first round pick. And then you have FC Dallas, who they, they've signed more homegrown players than anybody. Uh, they passed on. Uh, North Carolina defender Boyd Okuanu, uh, U.S. under-20 defender, former U.S. under-20 defender, uh, who I think could o- could also end up going in the first round. He also signed a senior deal. Uh, but it just shows you, you know, that it's MLS teams are de- developing talent, and even if they don't sign homegrown deals, you, you are going to still see quite a few of them that could still pass through into the draft. All right. Well, enough enough college talk, Ivis. We'll, we'll talk about a little bit more on, it's on not the next show. Talk. It's well, draft. Oh, draft talk. Draft excuse talk. me. Draft talk. Get a draft talk. Get a um, <laughs> what is what is shaping up to be a big year for the U.S. men's national team, and, and I mean big in terms of measuring stick, as Jurgen always likes to say it. Um, he made some. Co- he spoke uh, recently, and you, you can read a lot of these comments on USsoccer.com, But he, he spoke about a couple key nuggets, Ivis, and the first one is as Jurgen talked about the January camp, which has been historically a place for MLS-based American players to come in, have a great showing, and then use that as a platform to get on the U.S. men's national team. He spoke about how he plans to bring 8 to 10 Olympic-age players uh, to the January camp, which I think is outstanding, Ivis. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone should be that surprised. I think Klinsman has shown in the past that you know, he likes to take a look at, at, at younger guys early on in, in World Cup cycles, and this is the perfect year to do that. Um, I'm sure he's looking back on that uh, failed Olympic qualifying run, uh, the previous Olympic qualifying cycle, and maybe he saw a group of players that, that didn't have enough polish and didn't have enough opportunities uh, on a bigger stage to prepare them for that Olympic qualifying cycle. And, and that really was a big issue with that team, if you remember. Um, the kid, the the group that Caleb Porter put together, there was plenty of talent on that on that team, but you had a lot of players who weren't getting steady minutes, a lot of players who didn't have high end experience, and I think he wants to avoid that. I think he wants to make sure uh, he's got a group that has been through some experiences so that they're ready for that World uh, Olympic qualifying tournament. And if anything, I think this group 
uh, th- these kind of guys. I'm sure you there's guys you want to see uh, that are Olympic eligible uh, as well as I do. But I think this group or this this the, the players that are eligible in this upcoming Olympic qualifying pool of players, there's a lot more experience in it. There's guys with multiple years of starting in MLS under their belt. We didn't have that as much mm-hmm. four years. Who would you like to see? Tell me. Who? Give me some. Give me one or two guys you hope get called. Well, I'll say, I mean, Dylan Serna for sure. I think he needs to be in that January camp. I don't know if I don't know if he definitely should be. Uh, he's a talented young player. Uh, I know Pablo Mastrani has uh, raved about him. Uh, that would be an interesting one. That because I mean he did he did show well this year. He got he, he got some got some good minutes. For me, I think the guy a lot of people want to see. I know I want to see mm-hmm. is Will Trap. Yeah. Will Trap is a guy who. I will readily admit at the under twenty World Cup, I wasn't a bit, I wasn't really a big fan, but I think for me this year he really developed into one of the better midfielders in MLS. And uh, you know, he's a guy who even before Klinsman kind of let it be known that he had he was planning to to bring in uh specifically Olympic eligible players, I already thought that that Will Trap was a guy you had to bring in. So I think he's one people are gonna definitely want to get a look at. And uh, you know, you have others who are you know, are playing in Europe that aren't going to be uh, available. Guys like Rubio Rubin. Uh, let's not forget John Brooks is Olympic eligible. Um, I don't know what Julian. I don't think Julian Green can actually play in the Olympics. I think he's he's some if he if he even even if he can he's he's over in Germany. But DeAndre Yedlin's at Tottenham, so he obviously won't be a part of it. But if you just look back at that U twenty, the previous under twenty World Cup team. Uh, that group, those those are age eligible players, and you got some talented uh, par- uh, players on this U twenty team that you know are, are they're involved in qualifying though, so they they won't be a part of it. So I'm curious to see, like you know, like like you said, uh, you said to me earlier, Clinton's going to bring a few. Uh, he's going to pull a few that are going to make people go, oh wow, I didn't expect them. So yeah, maybe Dylan Cern will be one of those guys. It's it's interesting. I'm looking at you and I discuss like, just a list of players there's so many guys who like just missed the cutoff that i would love to see in this camp like we quickly just like steve birnbaum jazzy zardis uh, dylan powers it's just like they missed it just by a few months i mean the, the talent it's unfortunate i don't think Bur- I, th- I don't think birnbaum was that close to be honest with you i think he's pretty he's a pretty old guy man he's older than he's 23 is he yeah. what's he turned four though he turns 24 this month though so i guess he's, he's a oh, year he'll be ahead. 25 at the olympics that's two years he's two years oh, that's right it's two, two years, two years. Oh, yeah see so, see matt matt's not my strong suit so as you remember hey steve Burma played he was in he was at cal for five years that's so. right that's right I, i'm horrible with age now man it's, it's getting bad is that what happens when you get old ivis you can't it's remember happening. when people are old but born it's happening. wait till you get married wait till you have kids you, you won't be, be lucky if you remember your name you're gonna start wearing a name tag that's like a that's like a rider on the corner for me man Scary. It'll be, it'll be there before you know. It. Scary thoughts. Well, I mean, hey, these guys could still be called up to the camp. That that's not saying that that they may not be called up to the camp, but they won't be part of that eight to ten players that, that Jurgen says he'll be identifying for the Olympic squad, though. Right. I mean, when we look at it, when we look at young guys in MLS, you have Tommy, uh, Tommy Thompson's part of the twenties. Shane O'Neill. I don't know what his health status is, but he's someone who, if he's healthy, I think gets called in. Um, you know Eric Miller. He's another player who, the Montreal fullback, who, you know, had a had a good rookie season in Montreal. He was also a member of that under twenty World Cup team. Uh, he's someone who could get a look. You've got uh, Marlon Harrison. I think. I, I mean, I think Marlon Harrison, someone who who, who showed some things uh, in his rookie season with Colorado. So Mikey Lopez 
is Mikey Lopez? Mikey Lopez 21? He's another one. If we look back and remember that U20 team, yeah, Benji Hoya, who who I'm not sure what his club situation situation is now, so maybe he won't won't be called in. But there, there's some talent there. There's some. There's definitely some guys. Jordan Morris is a guy who I think will absolutely be a part of the January camp. I think that's a safe bet. So uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. There'll be at least one or two wild cards in there because, uh, as you said earlier, Klinsman Klinsman's known to do that. Um, I don't know how old is, how old is Christian Ramirez the. Uh, the uh, Minnesota play. Actually, he's probably not. He's probably too old, right? He's got to be too old. How old is he? I'm looking it up. Uh, born in 91, so yes, he would be too old. Wow, yeah, he's way old. He's an old man. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way he said that. Well, we, we touched on it a, a little bit, but but as we said, Ivis, I mean, there are going to be some guys who, who are, you know, you know, quote-unquote young players that will be called into this January camp. Uh, and this is going to be a good platform for them. You know, I want to see some guys like you know Harry Ship be called up to camp. Jesse Zardis, you know, brought in too. I think this is going to be a really good opportunity for for a lot, a lot of young players, Ivis, to kind of, as we've seen in the past, you know, take that next step to be, you know, a regular member of being called up to the U.S. Men's National Team matches. Right. I mean, I, you you you're not. We'll call them young, but I mean, they're not necessarily young. Yeah. Young. I mean, Matt Hedges is another player who mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. coming off an outstanding year. He's 24. He'll be 25 in April. Uh, that's not young in the world soccer scheme of things, but the kid, the guy, I mean, he, he, he's, I, I think he's been excellent since he came into the league, but this year he really took it to a new level. I think, I think he will trap Jesse's artist, Harrison ship, those four guys. I think, Hey, even Tesho Akindele, who I know there's all this up and down about whether or not he's going to play for Canada. He's going to play for the U S I had reported that he was accepting a call up and then, uh, to the U S and then something happened there. Uh, he pulled out last minute, uh, and then he apparently talked to us, he told reporters that he never heard from U.S. Soccer, which, from my sources, tell me is completely false. That he, yes, he had for heard from U.S. Soccer. So there seems to be a lot of debate on what's going on with that. He'd be an interesting one. Akindele be called gets called in. So uh, uh, I think we're going to have a few of those. We're going to have a few of those surprises. We're going to have a few players I'm like, oh, nice. Like I think people are going to be pretty happy with this group. Well, keeping it in the theme of young players, Ivis, U.S. Soccer announced the U-20 qualifying squad for the upcoming CONCACAF U-20 championship. The World Cup will be played in May of this year. And when you look at this U-20 team, Ivis, I mean, you have, you have some players here that, are, that people should be very familiar with. Some studs, Paul Areola, uh, Tommy Thompson, Junior Flores, Emerson Heidman, uh, Tyler Turner. I, this U-20 team, Ivis, they, they look pretty good, man. I, I mean, realistically, I mean, could they really compete for the world cup title <laughs> why are we talking about the world cup it's this is qualifying let's talk about qualifying first can we can we just talk about the task at hand and the question to answer that question yes they absolutely can and should qualify uh they have the talent to win the group this group this u20 group is more talented than the previous u20 group top to bottom um the group that had will trap deandre edlin um this group is up and down, more talented. Ty Ramos, I, I talked to Ty about this group, and he and he swore by, yes, the talent is there, top to bottom, the depth is there, but they still have to prove it. They still have to put it on the field. Um, and there's some players on this group that are you're going to want to watch, you're going to want to see. Emerson Einman is is a stud. He's a, he's a very talented player. Uh, to be only 18, I mean, there's a reason he got a senior national team call up and already got his first cap. Uh, those who follow American soccer closely have probably heard the name for a while now. They, 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 we're talking about a kid who was 
uh, over in Europe at, at the age of 13, already 13, 14. And, uh, you know, he was a prodigy. He, he, and now he's really kind of come along and developed. And, and now he's an important part of this U20 team. And credit to, to Tab Ramos and, and that group for getting his release from Fulham to play in this tournament in Jamaica. So he's a big key for them. Uh, Kellen Acosta, the FC Dallas player, has really developed. He's, I believe, the captain for this U20 team. He's someone who's come along really well. He he was a member of the previous Under-20 World Cup team. He, There's two guys on this group that were part of that previous team. There was Acosta and Zach Steffen, and those, those two are going to play key roles. Acosta has really matured at FC Dallas. He's going to be one to watch. And Zach Steffen, uh, who I wrote about recently for Gold.com, who's who's signed with Freiburg and is, is heading over to the Bundesliga, he is going to be the starting goalkeeper. He's outstanding. He's, he's you know, we're talking about future, potential future U.S. national team starter. Like, he has those, those, those starting points. Uh, to get there, he still has a long way to go. But when you talk to people in the biz – uh, as far as prospects go, he's as exciting a goalkeeper prospect as there's been in quite some time. Also, it, it should be noted, Ivis, that Club Tijuana had three players called up. Well, I mean, those the players that are there weren't didn't come through the their youth system. Paul, Paul Ariola was signed. At, you know, he he That's was true. already eighteen. I mean, it's not like these kids were were there as like ten year olds and were groomed. I mean, the players that they have were players that came over as 17 and 18 year olds and were, were plucked out of the American development system. So, you know, let's just get that one straight. But yes, they've got some talent on this group. Obviously, Paul Ariola is an exciting player. He's one to watch. Uh, a player that I've heard uh, good things about. Uh, it, Romain Gall, the Columbus Crew midfielder. I've, I've heard rave raves about how much he's come along since he moved over to MLS. Uh, and one player you got to keep an eye on, Tottenham defender. Uh, Cameron Card-Vickers, uh, a very young member of this under-20 team. And although he's young, he is a beast from what I'm hearing. And we're talking about a man-child. That's the word that I keep hearing used uh, for this prospect. So he's one uh, He's one who's going to, you know, he's, he's. I think he might be the youngest player on this team. But, you know, from what I'm hearing, the, he can absolutely uh, wind up being a starter on that defense for the U.S. Dude, I'm, I'm looking at pictures of him, he looks like he could snap me in half already. He's, I'm he's, telling you, he's man. He's a big boy. Yeah, and he's young. I mean, I think he's he might be 17. He might be that young, actually. It's crazy. But he, uh, yeah, he's he's one. Uh, Connor Donovan is. I've heard good things about. Obviously, Matt Miaska, the Red Bulls defenders, one uh, who who could who should could be starting on that group. You have Junior Flores, as we've mentioned before, at Dortmund. Lyndon Gooch, who's who's really kind of turned some heads. Uh, he's over at Sunderland. He's part of this group. Russell Canoose. Uh, a player who I had a chance to do a story on when he first, uh, when he kind of first was making his way over in Germany, he's one that American fans haven't gotten to see much of. Uh, but this under twenty qualifying tournament would be a really good chance for them to get a kind of first really good look at him. And I've heard really good things about his development and how he's coming along. So yeah, it's an exciting group. There, there, there's there's plenty of positives there. You have Tommy Thompson, obviously, the really skilled midfielder for the San Jose Earthquakes. So. Uh, we just want to see. It, it, I want to see how that how how Todd Ramos puts that starting lineup together, uh, and how these guys play because there's you've heard about so many of these guys, but now there's especially guys who, who people haven't seen much of, and now we're going to get a chance to see these guys in action. I'm looking forward to it, and I know there's going to be a lot of U.S. fans who are going to be paying you know very close attention to this and, and kind of looking at that next crop of uh, players to be coming up. Ivis, b- before I let you go, man, I think we need to do another head-to-head Q&A. W- what do you think? 
Uh, if you're ready, man, you never seem to be ready for them. So, what are you talking uh, if you're about? ready, sometimes tough. I have better questions than you. It does happen. I can't remember that, but okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll keep it easy for the first one. What did you do on New Year's? We need details. Nothing, man. I'm an old oh, man. Man, I'm an old man. man. I was home. I stayed home with the family. Um, yeah, no, we took it easy. Actually, I had more, I had more fun uh, on New Year's Day itself, like just hanging out at home and chilling with the family, uh, with the in-laws, just drinking and, and, and having a nice New Year's Day meal. Um, but yeah, no, New Year's Eve was pretty tame, man. We uh, just it, it was it was literally just me, my wife. Uh, actually, my son stayed up to see the ball drop. Uh, my 11 year old and uh and, and and that was it man we chilled we watched we watched uh you know the ball drop but we also watched part of that pitbull special i don't know how we ended up watching that but oh, oh my lord pit oh my lord pit no personally i, I actually like pitbull i'm a pitbull fan i know some people hate his music but i actually like some of his music uh i don't like all of it i can't stand that song tinder i freaking hate it i want to gouge my eyes out when i hear but <laughs> i do like a lot of his songs but that special the guy was absolutely drenched in sweat and he looked like he was 50 years old, like he was struggling. But he puts on a show. It is what it is. But no, New Year's Eve was tame. The days of clubbing it up and popping bottles on New Year's Eve night are so long ago. I can't like, you know what? It was so long ago. Popping bottles wasn't even a thing when I was back when I was clubbing on New Year's Day. What, what was the thing? It was just, no, just go to the club and just drink. There was no the bottle service. I mean, I mean, we're talking like ninety nine, like from ninety seven to like oh one. That was like my heyday of like you know New Year's Eve partying. I like the lot. I I can't even remember. I think it's at least at least been a dozen years since I actually went out on New Year's Eve and partied at a club. That it's been a long time. I gotta tell you, man, Ivis. I mean, hey, look, I, I you know, I, I do my thing. I, I go out and have fun. But the New Year's Eve thing, it's like it's just a family thing now. It's just not the whole, you know, you, you'll get there, man. Trust me, you'll get there. Uh, once you hit, well, you, 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 you talk now, but we'll, we'll see it in a little bit. We're, you know, we'll give, give it a couple of years. You scare me when you say things like that. No, but you know what? You, it's when you're young. You want to go out all the time. You want you want to like, you know, do, you know, do it up. I, 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 I'll never forget, like. The year, the year I got married, and I got married kind of young, you know. I got married. Uh, I was twenty six when I got married. I the year I got, the year before I got married, I was going out like I was going out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, five days a week almost. Uh, anywhere from four to five times a week. I was I was partying my ass off. And you know what? When you're young, when you're in your early to mid twenties, sure you can do that, have fun. At a certain point, though, man, you just gotta you know you gotta grow up and 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 adult and. Focus on work and your career and all that, and then eventually family. So it's just it's just part of it. Your priorities change, you know. You'll, <sighs> you'll get there, you'll get there soon enough. Man. There's, and there's nothing to feel bad about, man. You can't you can't you can't live that way your whole life. I mean, at a certain point, no, you gotta, I know. I know. You, you, just, you're not, sitting I'm, there. Your reaction is like, like it's death. I'm, I'm not ready for that yet. But I feel like it's, it's, it's great, the door it's is great. the door is knocking, Ivis. I, I feel it knocking. Already. But it's great. It's a great next step. I don't yeah. know what you're, what you're afraid of. It's just, <laughs> I don't know either. It's just different. <laughs> it's just different, my man. When it's it's, it's uh, once you get there, you'll appreciate. It. Yeah. Thank, thanks for being optimistic for me. I appreciate it. Man, it is what it is, man. I mean, you're you're 28, right? Not 27. I'm 28 next month. Ah, you almost there. So you're 27, man. You're not you're not a kid anymore. You're you're getting to your late 20s already. So you know, I know uh, what happened. Let it go, man. The the, the homecomings, the homecomings. tailgates. Like you got to start. 
you know, letting go, letting go of the college Garrett. I will always tailgate that that is non-negotiable. That will always occur. But but to answer my own question, Ivis, I did go out on New Year's, so so there you go. Of course you did. Okay, where did you go? <laughs> uh, Crescent Ballroom, where we had the SBI watch party out here in Phoenix. Did you have fun? Did you, did you get more drunk on New Year's Eve or at the SBI party? Uh, I'd say New Year's Eve. I got I got pretty Yeah, you, you didn't drink that much at all. No, because when I meet up with all you guys, I, I, I try to keep it business professional. I, I don't party and I don't drink. I'm like... Come on. I got to meet people, man. We, I got I a network. I fair gotta, enough. You know? We, But you know what? So you know what that means? We haven't had a legitimate full-blown party. No. We got to have one of those. We, we got to have one. one of those. We'll have know. one when this show makes it, and I feel like I don't have to, like, ah, still, you know, be on my best behavior. You got to have fun, man. You I, I, have do fun have, I do have fun. But, you know. All right. We, 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 in, in moderation, because you are getting old. <laughs> I have noticed though, hangovers now take about a full day to recover from. Yeah, man, that's how it starts, man. That's how it starts. I mean, I'll be feeling like crap till about like five, six o'clock, is when I start feeling a little better. Yeah. Oh man, trust me. If I, you know what I say, I will say that if there if there's things that I miss about the younger days, it's definitely that ability to bounce back uh, from a rough night. Because yeah, I mean, the days of being able to party and be, and being good to go the next day by noon already, like as if nothing ever happened, those days are so long gone, but yeah, that, that, that was, I'll never forget. Uh, I, I'm sure I brought it up before the world cup 2002. I literally, I, I feel like I partied every single day and I feel like I slept three hours every single day. If I tried to do that now by the fourth day, I would be dead. Literally. I would be dead. Like it, I, it's just not happening, but yeah, no, I had my fun. Uh. We're getting there, man. <laughs> All right, your turn, Wait. Ivis. Serve it oh, up, man. I gotta go. come up. I gotta yeah, come it's, up. it's your turn, dude. Uh, uh, all right. What is well, what's number one on your list of New Year's resolutions? Oh, uh, I don't know. You didn't make a list. No, you don't I have... didn't make a list. Did you make a list? You didn't have no, but you don't have any New Year's resolutions. No, not really. I'm There's nothing conti- you want to do. You, this is how ambitious Garrett Cleverly is that he has not. He did not give a single thought about anything he wants to do in twenty in twenty fifteen. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, be a better boyfriend, work harder. I, I don't know. Is is that good? That was really the first thing that came to mind. I, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I'm a handful. <laughs> oh my lord. <laughs> That's oh man, that's, well, that's my girlfriend that's, secretly listens to the show, so I gotta say things like that. So she'd be like, oh. if she listened to the show, she would have left you by now. So it's a little <laughs> late in the game for that. It's a little late for. Well, there's still hope. She's, she's, you know, I still live with her, so she hasn't kicked me out yet. So I'm doing. I mean, you know, apparently I'm doing something right. I was. You're talking like she's sitting right next to you. Well, I think she. I feel she like I talk a little loud. She's sleeping already, so I don't want to wake her uh, up. You're worried. You think she's awake? I know. I, 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 I kind not, of am. <laughs> You sound a little yeah. See, that all makes sense because you don't sound like you. You sound like you're, you know, like someone like someone's making like someone's holding a gun <laughs> to your head and and has a script that you're reading right now. Okay, all right. I don't have I don't make New Year's resolutions. That's just I I don't I've never done it. Did you make some though? I got a couple. Okay, uh, what are, what are number, they? Well, number one is try to get on a normal routine, normal schedule yeah. of sleep and. Uh, it's a, it's, a, and I'm already off to a uh, horrendous start because I like Sunday night I was up to like five six a.m. Uh, it's 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 a, and we're doing the show at it is now three forty five a.m. Eastern time so I'm already failing miserably at the top news resolution and obviously as is the case every year get in the gym more try to lose weight uh my my whole 
diet and workout plan has already gone off the rails. Uh, and I knew it would happen once the travel began. And, and obviously, I did a lot of traveling in December. So that uh, hopefully I can get that back on track after after uh, the combine and the draft. But uh, but yeah, those two things, if I can get on a normal sleep routine and I can get into a, a normal kind of diet and workout regimen like I was in November, November, October, November was great. But, you know, I have since that seems like so long ago. So hopefully if I can get those thing, those two things rolling in 2015, I think it'll be a very good year. OK, I actually have a good question for you. Are you looking more forward to Walking Dead coming back or the Better Call Saul series? Which one are you most excited for? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't really given much thought to the better the the, the better call Saul series. To be honest with you, um, nah, I want The Walking Dead to come back, man. I'm looking forward to seeing what's next there. Um, it's funny because in that with the Wire being re released, I've, I've I've I dove back into the Wire. Uh, I already watched seasons one and two, and I'm I'm kind of I think I'm halfway through season three. Uh, actually, I started watching uh, the the new show. I started watching is Orange is the New Black. And how many episodes are you in? I uh, I only have two episodes left. Actually, me and the wife, me and the wife, uh, binge watched over the last like four or five days. Uh, great show, man. I don't know. Do you watch it? I I, I watched it, but I don't know. I thought the show kind of lost it. itself at the end. I of the I, first I, season. I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I, you know, I, I thought it was, <laughs> uh, I thought it was, it was definitely going into it. I thought, oh, this is a show like for women, like it's probably more catered, skewed toward women, but, uh, it's definitely like it, it, it caters to both men and women. I'll just leave it at that. Men can definitely enjoy it. And I'm sure women enjoy it. it I, I, I think it's a great show. I actually really, really enjoy it. I thought it was funny too. I just, I don't know. It just, it kind of lost me at the end of the first season. I, I don't know why. I'm looking forward to House of Cards. Whenever that comes back, I, I'm I'm waiting for that to come back. I don't know when that's going to drop. Season three of that. See, I, I need to watch. I need to start watching The Wire. That's what I need to start watching. I don't know if you'll like The Wire. The Wire is just not not a reality or not a world that you. I don't watch reality anything shows, about. No, but what I'm saying is like you're not going to be able to relate. I mean, it's still a great story, and I, I don't think you have to have grown up in an inner city to to, to appreciate it. I think anyone can appreciate The Wire. I just think maybe you won't love it as much as some other people love it. I, I mean, for me, it's I can't I can't get enough. I enjoy of that. that stuff, I, dude. My life wasn't like pearly white gates all the time. <laughs> what were they I, yellow? <laughs> were the gates yellow? Yeah, sometimes just, so, they were gates. Sometimes the they, were sometimes gates. they rusted, or someone who was drunk, you know, driving around in their Mercedes Benz crashed into it. I mean, come straight, on, I was, straight out of the cul de sac. Yeah, dude, it, it was rough, man. Yeah, we're, we're trying to play, you know, street hockey, and some car comes, and then you, you know, oh. you got to wait for the car to pass. You know, it, it, it was tough, tough, Ivis. Straight out of the cul-de-sac, crazy mofo named Garrett. <laughs> we're gonna do a remix. We're gonna do a, we're gonna do a straight out of Compton remix for you. Uh, out of the cul-de-sac, I'm sure. Oh God. If someone does do a remix of that, straight out of Scottsdale. Yeah, if someone does do a remix. That I think that should be the, an intro for a show. What's that? If someone does a remix of, of Wait, Straight Out of Compton is... to Straight Out of a Cul-de-Sac. <laughs> Wait, what town did you grow up in? Scottsdale. So, Oh, so it is Straight Out of Scottsdale. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. All right, if you're listening to our show and you are a rapper and you can write lyrics, I want you to write a remix of Straight Out of Compton and have it be Straight Out of Scottsdale and have it be the Garrett Cleverly verse. So whatever you know about Garrett, make sure you incorporate that in there uh, and, and send it to me. 
and and we'll put it on we'll, we'll put it on the show. <laughs> the, the best submission will, will be on the show if we get any submissions. <laughs> if we get it, we might get one. Hey, remember the the, the MLS weekend preview or whatever it was? Oh my the gosh, the MLS weekend preview. <laughs> yeah, someone did. Someone send us that. So. God, how bad was the show when we did stupid stuff like that? <laughs> I don't know, man. It was that yeah. was first. That was the SBI show first year stuff. That's when we were rookies and we didn't know it better. It was still, I don't know. I, yeah. It was raw. It was more raw, but it was still pretty good, man. I think we. It was think, good. It was just. It was. Yeah, I think. Was I raw. think after about five or six episodes, we had, we had, we found a good rhythm. <laughs> so you're talking like episode eight? You thought we had a good rhythm? I mean, I don't know. Oh I man, I didn't. I, <laughs> I think you're being. I think you're being a little okay, generous. Okay, maybe maybe the twenties, maybe twenties and thirties up when we actually still get guests on a regular. I thought we did. <laughs> I thought we did pretty good. It would be guess on the reg. That's what you would say, not regular, Ivis. Uh, I don't say that. I don't say reg I'm, I'm anymore. I'm letting you know, man. That's what, that's, like what, that's what the kids do. That's what, yeah, that's what the kids said in 87. Well, that's, 87, that's when I was born. Think about that. You're still old. <laughs> All right. Who, said the, who asked the last question? Was um, that you? I did. I asked the last question. See, we're going on tangents. You ask one more question, then, then we'll wrap up. Deal? What was the question you asked me? I, I, the Walking Dead and Better Call Saul. And then somehow that turned into well, see, the, yeah, right. The Wire and then a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Orange is the new black. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. So, so just, you ask the final question, and, and then we'll wrap up the show. So you watch Orange is the New Black? I, I watched the first season, and, and that was it. I, I Well, you know the guy, the, the porn stash, the, the, the security guard? Yeah. He was a major character. He was a major character in season two of The Wire. Oh yeah, or, uh, the actor, which is, uh, which is, which is definitely weird watching him in in in, in Orange is the New Black because he's just kind of this kind of weird dude, and it's it's obviously a comedy. And but uh, but yeah, no, I thought that's pretty funny hmm. that he was he was in it. You should watch The Wire, man. Watch it. I gotta, yeah, no, I'm going to watch it. I think you and Echo are like two of the only people I know who haven't never watched it. So we well, hey, you got me to watch Breaking Bad, so. There you go. Change your life. So you should be happy. I would say House of Cards. I would recommend House of Cards if you haven't watched that uh, on Netflix. Two full seasons. Great stuff. Kevin Spacey is amazing. Kevin Spacey uh, all right. All right. Let, let, let me think of a question for you. Um, you're on, okay. If you're on a deserted island oh, and you can bring one video game to have there as like. You know, you can bring different other things, but you can bring one video game. What video game would you bring? Or game, game slash video game, um, computer game. Okay, okay, any game. Any game. Um, dude, that's tough, dude. Uh, can I do different platforms? <laughs> any, any platform ever? Just just go. Come on. Uh, Dude, this is, this to, is a tough question. Hope you ended out this delay because people are falling asleep right no, now. No, no, no. Okay, fine. Here's what I would bring. I would bring TIE Fighter, the original, on PC. That's what I would bring. Wow, so you got to bring a computer. Yeah. Where the hell are you going to plug a computer in on a deserted island? Well, if I brought it, you know, right, like I'm if sorry, I brought sorry. like Legend right, of Zelda. we're not going to get that deep into it. We're not going to get that deep into it. Are you it. sure? I, can, I could definitely have a video game no, talk about it now if you want. Long. Let's just pretend. Well, okay, well, what would, you, what would you bring? Civilization. Civilization uh, 3. choice. Which, because I mean, you could play that forever, yeah. and then if you're gonna be on a deserted island, that that that's probably the best time killing game ever. So I would go with that. I kind of honestly, man, I would love to have a week where I didn't have anything to do and I could play just play some Civilization. But who the hell has time for that? You know, I don't I, even. I barely have time to play FIFA. I played Call of Duty uh, over the around the Christmas break. I played some. You know, this I will confess now. 
my son, my 11, my 11 year old son, kicks my ass in Call of Duty head to head. The new one, the new one called I should know Ghosts or something, Black Ops Eight, I think. It's no, it's Advanced Warfare. Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. So they have like the head to head option, right? And uh, and yeah, man, this kid he just kills me. It's so hilarious. Um, but yeah, uh, and I'm such a sore loser. I'm like determined to beat him. So it's uh, it's pretty funny. I but, did yeah. that on Friday. I had a day off, and I played video games for a few hours. I played FIFA. Dude, I haven't played in about a few months. I, I was so bad, the computer was beating me. I, I, can I, beat, I, I gave up after like five hours. I can beat my son in FIFA because he, you know, thankfully my my skills from the earlier FIFA days still have somewhat kind of carried over so i have a clue somewhat how to play uh but yeah no black ops he just he just he owns me and it's just like if anything it's it's the realization that i am officially an old man when my son can kick my butt in a video game oh, that's when you know you're old man. that's when you know you're old yeah, see, not like, yeah. i just need time to practice that's all it is i'm gonna keep practicing no it is true because they play all day long it, it's funny but he doesn't even play that that often no. But I just think when you're a kid and you're playing video games all the time, he's playing Minecraft and all. It's just your brain is just so wired, and like you can just play. It, it's just different, man. When you're when you're older and you, it's just different. I don't know. I'm an old man. I can't I can't play like I used to. I can play. Yeah, uh, not not like play, give me poker. Put me at a poker table. I'll play poker oh, all day. Jeez, dude, I'd fall asleep at five minutes at a poker table. You have a you have a you have ADD. So. I, I I just I lose interest. I don't know what it is. You don't know how to play, so how you not interested? No, no, no. I, I do know how to play. I just because because you got some guy across the table that takes ten minutes to do a, you know to do something. <laughs> then you got then you got the guy next to you playing with chips, and you got the bro over All here right, with sunglasses. All right, all right, all right. Never play poker again. <laughs> see, <laughs> see what I'm saying? My issues. All right. Yeah. Have, have one more question. Okay. One more? No, no. no. We we've, we've rambled on for about forty five minutes. Okay. Actually, no, it's about like twenty minutes. But we'll we'll say we'll save some more you know head to head Q and A for another show, right? People just people seem to enjoy it. Ran out of question. Do, do you have a question? Who asked the last question? I, I asked the last question. Are you sure? I, I asked the video game on the dessert island question. That was a good question. So we'll, end it, we'll end it with a good question. All right, cool. Good All question. Right, All right. Well, Ivis, it's uh, it's time to let you go, man. You, you, uh, I think the next time we'll talk to you, you'll, you'll be in Florida, right? Yes. I, I head down to Fort Lauderdale on Thursday. I will be there Thursday to Tuesday. I'll be there for all the combine action. Then I'll come back home for a night, and then it's off to Philly for the draft. Uh, one, I, t- I will say one thing. This is interesting. So I, I've been in the Combine every year, I believe, since 07. Um, and I'm trying something a little different this time around. I am not renting a car. I am just going to use Uber for the entire trip. And, uh, I, you know, we'll see if it works out. We'll see how it goes. Hmm. Or see if it's more expensive. It's, Isn't Uber pretty expensive? No, no. It'll be, no you know what I mean? Renting a car, man, it, it gets costly. Uh, renting a car for a week, you're talking in Florida. You're talking like 300 bucks um, total. Then you got hotel parking. You have gas when you return the car. Um, so you could you, you you could be talking about a 400 dollar uh, expense. Um, and ooh, a couple of Uber. And I don't really don't need that many rides. You know, I get a couple of Uber rides. A couple of uh, you know, Franco's down there. I'm sure he'll be shop- he'll he'll be he'll be chauffeuring me around a little bit. So. <laughs> Should be good. Should be good. Nice. It's always a good time. The com- the combine is always a good time. It's always a good chance to catch up with coaches and GMs and catching them in a in a, in a more casual environment. You always get the you always get the dirt down there. And uh, it's funny because now every year more and more, I think more and more writers are starting to catch on to, to to the benefits of going down to the combine. 
Uh, I think Kyle McCarthy is, is someone who's been there quite a few years. I think my boy Jeff Carlisle was there last year. I think he's he's. I don't know if he's going this year, but I, I think he might he might be there this year. Uh, I'm sure we'll have a couple more. So it's great. It's great. The more the merrier. Um, I think it's a good event. It's a good showcase. And and these kids, you know what? They're they're about to step in MLS, and I'm sure. And a lot of them obviously have good stories. So uh, it'll be a good week. Nice. Well, I was. Uh, dude, have have a good time in Florida, man, and have a safe flight. Yes, sir. Thursday, hopefully we can lock a show down and have, have a show drop for Friday morning so we, uh, we give people the, the latest and, and, and the, the, the newest updates on the draft and the combine. Yeah, I'm down for that, man. Well, uh, Ivis, you, you have a good night, man, and, uh, and, and I'll talk to you later this week. Yes, sir. One last one, though. Hey, yes. iTunes reviews, folks. We only got one iTunes review off of our what I thought was a pretty stellar uh, year-end show. So if you haven't yet, please hook us up iTunes review, preferably not a bad one, but you know what? Just whatever you think, whatever you think we deserve, feel free. We won't chase you down. We won't hunt you down, unless you do, unless you do a one star. Then I'm gonna find you. If you then love, have to come. if you love me and hate Ivis, it's fine. You could also let, let us know that. Yeah, we need we need more Garrett love, cleverly love because anytime someone bashes him in the reviews, that's not then, true. Uh, I don't care. I don't. I you. That's not true. I used to care for the first few months, and then. Because everyone cares. I mean, you put your look. We don't need to get into it. Point is, I don't. I don't care anymore. I laugh at that crap. Um, right. You suck. You, you say so. You're making me dig a hole. Uh, all right, I'm, sorry. I'm. I'm gonna let you go, man. You, you have a. You have a good night. I'll talk to you later this week. All right. Sir. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. That is Iris Golarsep. I am Garrett Cleverly. This is the SBI Show.